live from the Unpop Studios. It's the Laugh Track to Your Life with your host, Adam Todd Brown, Daniel Soto. Recording. Hi, Adam. Just like that. Magic. Hey. Oh, I was just moving this microphone. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. That was weird. Jeez. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. How was your weekend? Eh, it was fine. You had a birthday. Yeah, that was uh, that was a while ago. Oh. The 20th, so almost a week ago. Oh. As we're recording this, even more than a week ago. When it goes up, sorry to break the fourth wall, everybody. We don't do these live. Happy birthday. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, I won't do the whole thing, but you get it. That was good. That, that was enough. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? We are talking about Russia. Russia. By way of what TV show? Elf. Which we just watched an, an episode, yep. and your immediate question after the episode ended was how long did this stay on the air and the answer was four seasons so i didn't grow up watching alf i've only seen that one episode from the hot tub with jeff may where it was the christmas episode oh yeah yeah and then today and what really struck me about this episode was that it's from season one it's episode four i yeah. think that's so early to do a political episode yeah yeah it was just the Cold War was such a huge thing, though, back then, that it probably seemed natural. And this is the episode where we find out that Alf's planet was destroyed in a nuclear war. Is that so, consistent throughout the entire series, that they keep referring to that as the reason? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. that's that's the reason Melmac, that's how Melmac was destroyed. It was destroyed in a nuclear war. Alf was part of the Melmacian orbit guard. So he was in orbit when it happened. That's why he didn't die. And there, there are several other Melmachians still spread throughout the universe. Just one of the many reasons Alf has PTSD and is just kind of a grumpy human with fur. Yeah. He's, that, that was the thing that struck me watching this is just how angry Alf was. Like He, he really it's like, hey, thanks for taking me in. Now I'm going to eat your cat and destroy all your shit. Yeah, it wasn't even like kind of like it wasn't even funny mean. It was just kind of like, oh, you're really kind of snarky. Yeah, yeah. And not good company. He was he was quite the asshole. <laughs> also the only thing I wrote down is Alf is ugly. <laughs> because you know, you see these shows and you're like, no, he's really ugly. Like not yeah, to body yeah. shame him because I'm not about that He's life. a mammal with a beak basically. But he like just a, has strange bumps. But like a skin and fur beak. It's gross. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Do all Melmachians look like that? I think so. Yeah. Huh. And he's not a creation of Jim Henson. No, he's not. Originally, I thought that. But then looking at him, I'm like, no, I don't think so. Because uh, Jim Henson's characters, even when they're goofy looking, they're cute. Yeah. Yeah. Like Snuffleupagus. Yeah. Cute. Gonzo. Gonzo. Cute. I'm trying to think of the weird ones. The uh, Fraggles. They're all kind of weird. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Alf, Alf was an ugly one. Yeah. And yeah, it is that is early in a series to do a political episode, but the Cold War was such a huge thing. Like I was, I would have been 10 when this episode came out. And I remember back then, it was right after Reagan took office in 1980, and immediately after he took office, like his his whole stance, like like his whole platform was, we're going to beat Russia. We are going to stand up to Russia. So immediately after he took office, everyone was scared about nuclear war. And I remember, like there were mushroom clouds on the cover of Time magazine as much as anything else back then. It was fucking terrifying. So just you constantly thought... My school had a bomb shelter. What was it? Is it the gym? No, it was a room it was in a the... different... Down in the, in the cafeteria, which was in the basement. It was a room that had no windows. It had this steel door that you could close over it. Dang. And after the wall came down, we converted it into a game room. <laughs> There's no more threat from Russia. 
Yay! Let's put a stand-up Pac-Man machine in there in 1990. Here's my... So I have two questions. One is, have you ever seen the movie Blast from the Past? Uh, no. Okay. Um, my other question is about the Berlin Wall. I'm going to forget it, so just remind me, you had a question about the Berlin Wall. Okay. So Blast from the Past is a movie with Brendan Fraser, and a, they I had this threat of war, and you know his, he's a little kid at the time, and his parents, and they get the idea that the country is under attack. So they go into their bomb shelter and a plane crashes on their front lawn. But they have to stay in the bomb shelter for a certain amount of years because of the radiation. So they stay down there for like, what, 20 years? And then they come out and Brendan Fraser's like, it's the 90s. But he still thinks it's like... I think I maybe I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So what's scary about having a bomb shelter in your school is it also gives you the idea that like, you might have to stay here and not see your parents yeah. for a very long time. Like not only, and they might be dead. Yeah. And I think that was the fear back then was that if if this happened, you would be underground for a long time. But it's since come out that like if just a nuclear bomb went off in Los Angeles, we'd maybe lose a few hundred thousand people. Like the people in the immediate blast radius would die. Are you saying that's an acceptable loss? Uh, I mean, given the parking situation and, you know, all, like there's really a lot of congestion. Maybe, may, God forbid my name get pulled at an open mic before midnight. Yeah, yeah. It, um, <laughs> even if you just took shelter in your car for a few hours, you stand a decent chance of surviving the fallout. Really? Yeah. Oh. If you can get in an interior office building basement... It's almost 100% that you would survive. So it's not like a normal thing that we go over these days. We do fire drills, maybe earthquake drills. Right. Do you think it's worth it to do nuclear? Because we don't know these types of things. Not really, because it's it's just a matter of get inside. I think we had all these, because I'm sure you've seen those videos of kids like in the, like during World War II and shit, when... It was like, get under your desk and cover your neck with your hands. It's yeah. like, that's not going to do anything. Yeah. Like, everyone in that room's going to die. Get to a basement. But, yeah, I don't know that there would be a point now. Because mm. who knows where you'll be? Like, it could be... Right. If it's a surprise attack, which... I don't know. Do we, are we even capable of being surprise attacked by a nuclear weapon? Don't those things have to fly through fucking space? Oh, that's a good question. I guess it would... <laughs> It takes like 20 minutes to get here and we're all like out by that time. <laughs> that was part of the one of the last few sticking points of the Cold War in the mid to late 80s was that that Reagan wanted to increase funding for the Strategic Defense Initiative, which we also called Star Wars, which was a satellite that was designed to shoot nuclear weapons out of the sky once they reached space. Oh, and I don't know. I, I we I don't think we ever built that, but it sounds cool. That does like sound if, cool, and it does yeah. sound valuable. Yeah, but I I think the the science behind it wasn't that great. I don't know that it would have worked, but Russia was very worried that it would work. And in that case, even if they had nuclear weapons, it wouldn't matter because right. it would just be that would be such an enormous. Not that I condone weapons of mass destruction or anything like that but it would be such an enormous waste of money like yeah yeah this is the purpose of the how much does it even cost to make a rocket like that to come over here i bet it i bet it costs a lot yeah especially depending on the day you fly send that off on a monday it's gonna be expensive as shit it's when everyone's Uh. launching their nuclear weapons (laughs) chaos and it costs extra to check a bag (laughs) (laughs) exactly So, yeah, Reagan took office in the 80s. Uh, Fun fact, he believed that there needed to be an apocalyptic confrontation with Russia in order for Jesus to return to the world. And how much of that do you feel like is legitimate? What do you mean? That Jesus would come back if there was a nuclear... If there was a nuclear... well, In your opinion. I I don't think it's... I, I can't imagine Reagan being the guy who goes, no, I know how to get Jesus back here. I, I I feel like he's not the one with that plan. Also, is Jesus like the type of person who you can just like lay out 
pieces of candy and then he comes out and goes, ooh, a piece of candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the like, problem. You can't, There's like, lure Jesus back. He's not the uh, Reagan isn't the only president we've had who kind of felt that way. Bush was the same way except with Bush, his thinking was that this confrontation needed to happen in Israel for uh Jesus to come back. And ISIS actually has the same basic goal is that they want to cause an apocalyptic battle in one particular region that will draw the U.S. into it. And both sides think that during that battle, Jesus is going to come back and fight for them. So ISIS thinks that, Wait, and we think that. ISIS thinks that Jesus? Or yes, Jesus is, very, Jesus is a revered figure in Islam. Wow. Yeah. So not, not the prophet, not the savior, Jesus Christ himself. Well, yeah, it would be Jesus coming back for us, too. That's not God. Like, that's the Son of God. Right. But, like, some religions, Judaism, for example, don't believe that the Messiah has been discovered. Right, right. So it's like... It, but with Islam, that Jesus is very much... The Messiah. A revered figure. So both sides of that coin think Jesus is coming back for that's them. That's an awful, risky thing to do. It's just awful. Yeah, <laughs> Awful how many people are governing the world based on that. Yeah, that's really concerning. And I say that as a woman of faith. Like, Well, yeah, it's a, there's a difference between faith and fundamentalism, yeah. which is kind of what thinking you're the vehicle to bring on the apocalypse. Like, that's, the, that's how fundamentalists think. Ugh, this is creepy. Yeah, that was, that was Reagan. There was, there's actually, uh, I, don't have, I, I don't have the video pulled up, but there's video from a press conference in the 80s where someone asked Reagan about that, and he was just like, well, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly when Armageddon will happen. And it's like, just say no, you crazy son of a bitch. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's okay if you want to think that. I don't think it's okay to execute plans based on it well there's like, whatever also your thoughts are like i'm not gonna you know tell you what to believe what not to believe but please don't uh yeah you know i have certain beliefs that i don't think you know i would execute on everybody right right because some people are going to be dicks about it there's also the requirement that i think half of the jews in the world have to have resettled to israel before this battle can happen so george bush has spent a lot of his post president time working with this foundation that does that it takes uh jews from other countries and resettles them to israel and that's why yeah. because 50 percent of the jews in the world have to be there for their version of armageddon to that happen. is so insane it is that's like conspiracy shit so when people were worried about nuclear war in the 80s that's why we had a fucking crazy person in office and now we do again. Oh, damn. Yeah. Wasn't, it, was Reagan the actor, too? Yeah, Reagan was an actor. Yeah, these, both, these presidents who both came out of Hollywood. Yeah. The only real difference between Reagan and Trump is that Reagan hated Russia, and Trump mm. loves Russia. Yeah. But other than that, they're very, very similar. Reagan's campaign slogan was, let's make America great again. Really? Yeah. It's such a ripoff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> You know what I would like be interested to find out? Do you know about birthright? Like the Jewish um Oh yeah, yeah, travels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like when a you know, they send young Jews to Israel for free for ten days. I went. There's it's really fun, but there's a lot of propaganda. It's yeah. a lot of like, don't you wanna live here now? And I'm like, <laughs> No. And they're like, Don't you wanna join the army? No. And it's a lot of that. But at the same time, I wonder how many people are donating to that organization because you think, oh, it's a bunch of rich Jewish people. Maybe yeah. it's a lot of people who are hoping Jews will fall in love with Israel, move there, oh, yeah. and then Jesus will come back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. Wow. Creepy. That's really putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah, for really. sure. Really. So yeah, we had that going on in the 80s. I, I, I put this in the notes. Even, even Prince, even Prince was worried he, this is a song that was on the Controversy album, which came out in 1981, a year after Reagan took office. And Prince is the kind of guy, normally, even if you understand the lyrics, you don't know what he's talking about. But this, it's pretty clear. Yeah? He... 
Okay, get to it. I think I knew what he meant by Little Red Corvette. Oh, yeah. I think I knew what he meant. <laughs> Even as a kid, though? Oh, no, probably not. But I'm... a lot of his lyrics were just like, kiss me. Ronnie talked to Russia. A year into the Reagan presidency. Before it's too late? Before it's too late. Before they blow up the world. And... <laughs> this is kind of a terrible song, but... Yeah, so even Prince was worried about... Uh, this is not a good song. No, 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 no. So even Prince was worried about Russia back then and Reagan's dealings with them. Well, I think a lot of celebrities got involved. Like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a connection between the Russia-U.S. conflict and the Berlin Wall coming down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. definitely. Yes. Okay. So there was obviously Hasselhoff very involved. There were other celebrities, probably none so much as the Hoff. The Hoff. He ruled Germany. But yeah, I think it's good when... Um, is it good when celebrities get involved? Of course. Yeah. It's good when anyone gets involved in a good cause. I, I've never true. been the type who's been, oh, celebrities should just need me. It's like, yeah. they're people too. Let them say whatever the fuck they want. There's a great Dixie Chick song about them being threatened because they said things about George W. Bush and being from Texas and they were getting threatened and then they wrote a song about it that's like, what would drive somebody to send me a letter to tell me to end my life or just yeah. shut up and sing? Yeah, yeah. I remember that Dixie Chicks album. It so was good. produced by Dan Wilson from the band Semisonic. Wow. Who you might remember from the song Closing Time. I love Closing Time. He wrote the song. a lot of that Dixie Chicks album. Wow. Yeah. He's a very talented guy. I like the Dixie Chicks. I do too. So from 1981 to 1984, the Doomsday Clock, which is a thing science invented back in the 60s, to kind of gauge how close we are to actual nuclear war. From 81 to 84, it was at four minutes till midnight. Midnight means nuclear war is happening. And this was the closest it had been to midnight since its inception. Meaning we have four minutes until we're all dead? Meaning we are on the brink of nuclear war. Damn. And we'll get to where it's set now, later, and... It's even worse. It's so much worse. It is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ay, ay, ay. So in the midst of all this, where we have all these tensions with Russia, then Chernobyl happens. That happened in 1986. Tell, year. Do you know what that is? Can you? T- Chernobyl? That's yeah. when the, the nuclear reactors at the Chernobyl, Chernobyl nuclear plant in Russia melted down. And you don't remember this? No, I was not born yet. Oh, it was it was a huge it's it's a huge catastrophe. Like you still can't live in that region. It's the the fallout from the melt the reactor melting down was so extreme like several people died. What caused it to melt? Uh it was just like operational error. Wow. Like there were just uh it's it's like a long kind of series of events that caused the meltdown. But it was a huge disaster. It's the biggest, I think, nuclear reactor meltdown in history. Wow. And that whole area, for one thing, that whole town had been built because of this nuclear reactor. And now... And people lived there. like They did, yeah. Schools, hospitals. Yeah. And now it's like it's a ghost town. It's completely empty because you can't live there because it's still too, still too much radiation. Wow. How come the Daily Mail is telling me that two days ago, Russia covered up a nuclear disaster worse than Chernobyl? Uh, well, that's the Daily Mail. The Daily oh. Mail is a shady source. I'd see what their source is. Okay. If they don't have a source listed, they're lying. I'm not finding anything from anyone I've heard of. Never mind. We can edit that out, probably. <laughs> My ignorance. But yeah, Chernobyl happened in April of 1986. This episode came out in 86. And in September of 86, the Danilov-Zakharov espionage affair happened. And this was a fiasco in which we arrested someone from the Soviet Union named Gennady Zakharov. He was an employee of the Soviet UN mission. We arrested him, claiming he was a spy. And a few days later, 
Russia took an American journalist named Nicholas Daniloff into custody. Oh, claiming, I, re- I remember that. Claiming he was a spy. Mm-hmm. You remember this? It happened six months after Chernobyl. <laughs> I didn't even remember this. I remember that guy being um, taken in. Really? And, and held hostage, basically. Weird. Or like, not hostage, but like he was accused of all this time. Yeah. Everybody was very, very, very concerned about it. Yeah. And we did all of this... Uh, like diplomatic maneuvering and finally got him out. We basically did an exchange. We gave their person back. They gave us, gave us ours back. But that uh, led to even more tensions. And in the midst of all that, this episode of ALF came out. It's called Pennsylvania 65000. And it's, like I said, the episode where we find out ALF's planet was destroyed by a nuclear disaster. And the whole crux of the episode is ALF basically trying to get in touch with President Reagan and as Alf puts it, it was not due to everybody plugging in their hair uh, blow Dry, dryers yeah. at the same wasn't time. Wasn't from plugging in our hair dryers at once, Willie. <laughs> that uh, wasn't a clip from the show. That was Adam's voice. That was me doing an Alf. Yeah. I was doing the Alf. Should we watch? Uh, let's watch the opening scene. Yeah, let's do it. Watch With Brian. Little oh, Brian. Wait. Little Brian. He looks like such a freak show. I, I really do want to look up these actors and just find out, like, where did they start? Where did they go after Online this? Online today's topic, nuclear arms limitations. I guess Undersecretary Simon Dryden and Sammy Davis Jr. Hi, you're on the air. <laughs> Sammy Davis <laughs> Jr. Hello, Larry. Elf. Listen to that voice. Yes, Elf. We haven't heard from you this in This is supposed uh, to be Larry King. Now. How are you? Correct? Von yeah. Lair, how's the sore knee? Coming along. Sammy, shalom. <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. So, is Jewish. what's up? Yeah. Well, I've got the solution to this nuclear bomb thing. Great. Let's hear it. Get rid of them. They're dangerous. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mr. Dryden, would you like to respond? Uh, well, I, I think what you've done, Mr. Alf, is oversimplify the problem somewhat. Here it comes, see, Brian. Better go get the shovel. We're talking <laughs> That's a bullshit joke. Mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. I know he is. And now here comes the, the daughter of the family. I don't know, Mom. I need to use the phone. Her difficulties with Alf using the phone when she needed to use it is kind of her whole thing this entire series. But especially this episode. Honey, hi. Where have you been? Hi, kid. I'm sorry. I'm Willie Tanner. I have got to get my own phone. I saw Willie Tanner smoking crack and making out with a dude on the cover of uh, The Inquirer once. W. Okay. I thought you were going to say in person. I'm oh, sorry I tried to call, but <laughs> I was that dude. Oh. Hey, cut me That's a break. Claim to fame. I'm trying to save your planet from nuclear devastation, all right? Uh, you can do it, Alf. So that's the opening scene where they they kind of set up both storylines of this episode, which the phone thing is actually a they also keep that storyline going we're well, talking it sort about sort of applies it sort of uh, makes sense why he started using the radio yeah well he uses uses the radio for something else because it like he's basically wiring it so he can call the president i thought he it was because they no you're right you're right you're right you're right don't question me on this i just forgot jesus <laughs> so yeah that that opening scene that's alf calling into what's supposed to be Larry King to talk about nuclear weapons. And I guess at this point in the series, we didn't know what Alf's backstory was because there is another scene not long after this where he's working on Willie's radio where he says, I've been through one nuclear war once. And that's when we find out that his planet was destroyed. So that, I mean, that, that makes sense. Do you think that... I mean, it must have been that they wrote that storyline because of what was happening in the world. Oh, yeah. I think that's exactly why we have this podcast is because they could have said it was anything. Right. But making that a part of this episode doesn't just keep it within the 22 minutes of this episode. It's now a part of their reality for four seasons. Right. And they were like, is that something we can be consistent with? And obviously it was more important to make it about that. Yeah. And worry about it later. Yeah. Alf's whole backstory is very depressing. There's mm-hmm. the nuclear war. He knows the love of his life is still alive somewhere out in the universe. He knows she survived, but has no way to get back to her. It's the actually the, the Alf animated series, which came after the TV show, is 
brutal. <laughs> it is brutally depressing. Why? And, and kind of scary. It's, 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 it's very adult. Yeah. But it was on Saturday mornings, so it wasn't that adult. Also, I know why Sammy Davis Jr. is Jewish, if anyone's curious. Why? Do you know why? No. So his friend, who was Jewish, gave him a mezuzah, which is something you hang in the doorway of your home. It's uh-huh. like a little pretty glass thing that has a scroll inside with a prayer. Keeps bad spirits out. Sure, and, sure. And um, Sammy G- Davis Jr. liked the way it looked. He put it on a necklace, and he wore it around. His friend's like, not, not really what you do with it, but whatever. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's fashionable. He was wearing it. The first day he did not wear it, he got in the car accident where he lost his eye. Oh, wow. It was the day he took off the mezuzah. And he felt like God protected him while he was like behind the Jewish scroll. And so he became Jewish. Couldn't he have just put the scroll back on without mm. going through all the crazy life changes? Nope. He's like, hey, shortcut. Just put this, that thing you've been hanging in your window, does Sammy Davis put it around Jun- your neck. Does Sammy Davis Jr. seem like someone who takes shortcuts to you? Yeah. He does? Yeah, absolutely. In every way in life, probably. <laughs> that whole fucking group. You're just saying that. The Rat Pack? Yeah. <laughs> Those are a hardworking group of gentlemen. Drinkers. <laughs> Power drinkers. Thinkers. Okay. Thinkers. Yeah. Power thinkers. Yeah. But back to Alf. Yeah, back to Alf. So is it, his planet exploded. His poor planet. Did they ever go over like who who the two sides of the war on his planet were? I believe they did, but I don't remember the series well enough because mm. it was on when I was 10 is when it premiered and it went off. It was only on for four seasons. So the age of 10 to 14, I, like I was watching TV, but I was, I was, I was young. I was out in the world. It's like playing baseball and hitting on girls and Ooh. things like that. So I, I know, not to brag. Why don't we have a podcast about that? <laughs> not to brag. But um, so I don't remember the series that well. Yeah. So I, I don't remember how much well, of the backstory they finally got into. Who wants to call and leave us a message here? 505-3-UNPOPS. And then we'll, me and Jeff May and Raquel Jason will answer it. Yeah. Or no, we'll, if, if you do have voicemails. Jeff and Raquel might be able to shed some light on that. I don't know if Raquel watched Elf. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone should have. Right. It was a good show. Sure. So <laughs> there's, uh, yeah, we already talked about, I've been through one nuclear disaster already. That's Elf's quote from this episode. So the next thing that transpires in this episode is Alf makes his first attempt at calling the president. Here we go. Les Nessman from WKRP in Cincinnati. Air Force One, Hogarth speaking. How may I help you, sir or madam, as the case may be? Alf? Alf who? (laughs) Mr. Defoe? Not now, Hogarth. I'm winning. It's someone calling himself Alf, and he wants to talk to the president. Alf who? They got real live telephones up there. A-L-F. They're in Air Force One right now. Also, do they identify the relationship? Subversive coming pinko group. Could be a family name. (laughs) Just look it up. Looking, sir. Look it up on what? The internet? On this call. Yeah. Arpanet. Speaker, you should listen. Arpanet. 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 That's what the internet was born from. It was military technology. Can I help you? Was invented. Is that you, Mr. President? No, this is Here's Alf on his radio in the garage. It's an airplane. How far can he be? He's been disposed. What does that mean? He can't come to the phone now. Why not? He's in the bathroom. Oh, he's indisposed. <laughs> Reagan's shitting. <laughs> what do you want? Well, tell him it's about the bombs. Uh-oh. Scary bombs, music. sir? What bombs would those be? The bombs we're thinking about using. Oh. Listen, tell the president I'm serious and time is running out. I'd like to settle this before anybody pushes any buttons. Oh, God. Yes, sir. What have you got on the ALF? Well, so far we've got the American Laundry Federation and the Association of Lawn Fertilizer. You can make bombs out of fertilizer? Shall we round them up? <laughs> Tracing's complete, sir. Why are they getting so many calls on that switchboard? Mister. It's fucking lighting about up. About those bombs. I guess the president has calls this to take to on Air Force One. Of course it's a threat. What gotta kind wrap of up that poop that? <laughs> That's all I wanted to hear. 
pulls another FBI. phone out of his desk. It's bright red. There's no cord. It is not attached to anything. <laughs> so that that's the end of that episode. And actually, the the phone thing does actually kind of play into this because what happens in the next scene is Willie brings out a chart he's created to keep the family from fighting over the phone. Yes. And that chart comes up later. Yeah. In a still in a weird way. Still a dumb storyline to have going through this Russia thing. I thought that one gag that was actually kind of funny in this was coming up with abbreviations like ALF, like yeah. who is calling us from ALF. It comes back at the end again. They do they throw out a few more. Alabama something something, I don't remember, but it's just funny cuz there are so many groups. Yeah. Yeah. Who just like why do you exist? Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of acronyms out there. Yeah. The FBI agent who shows up to arrest Willie, played by a young Meshach Taylor. Do you remember him from Designing Women? <gasps> no. Or I, you know, from I've the film seen... Mannequin. Wow. He was uh, Hollywood in the Mannequin movies. He was Hollywood? That was his name. His name was Hollywood? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Come on. You've um, never seen Mannequin? No, okay, I, so Chernobyl and Mannequin. Yeah. Both of those things just passed you by. I guess so. All right. Are they somehow related? Both disasters. Okay. Nah, actually, Mannequin was a pretty good movie. So they were both pretty good movies. <laughs> Chernobyl, yeah. If they ever make a Chernobyl movie, I'm seeing I'm surprised that. they haven't. Opening day, yeah. They love to exploit pain. Suffering. Yeah. I wonder why Mark Wahlberg hasn't worked up a shitty Russian accent and done a Chernobyl movie. That yet. is such a good question, Mark Wahlberg. Did we already talk about this? He's the, he's he he makes the hero movies. He's the what he king does. of doing insensitive, inappropriate yeah. things regarding terrorism. Oh, that thing just happened. Let me make a movie about it. Yeah, and let me make say me hi to your mother for me. The <laughs> Let me make me the hero of all of it yeah. and totally misconstrue the truth of the situation because I was there at the Boston Marathon I killed bombers. the Boston Marathon bombers with my bare hands. Right. Yeah. And they weren't even Asian. And then Because remember, he hate-crimed an Asian person, and we all forgot about that. Is that when he blinded a man? Yeah, he did. I didn't know that guy was Asian. And then, and then yeah, it was a hate crime because he, he tried to get a liquor license later, and he was like, come on, I was young. It's like, I you. can't stand Mark Wahlberg. I'm sorry. He's yeah. a good-looking guy. He's from Boston. You'd think that'd be enough, but unfortunately, he's crossed the line. I actually, I like Mark Wahlberg as a comedic actor. Can you really separate person from performance? I mean, you have to at some point. That's so hard for me. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, but it, like, the, there's varying degrees. Like with Bill Cosby, it's really hard because he put up huge numbers. Yeah. But if you start, like, every person, like, there's so many people you'd have to just completely cut out of your entertainment life if you based it on one transgression. How uh, fucking Elvis Costello called Ray Charles the N-word in 1978. Well, and he just recorded an album with The Roots a few years ago. So, so they're okay with it. Yeah. So or they don't know. How's that? How's that for... A comeback from accusations of racism. That's true. Record an album with the roots. I feel like yeah, that's there's... more forgivable than blinding a person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's bad. It's so bad. It's well. Why are you looking at me <laughs> like I did it? I didn't blind the guy. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> How could you see Ted? You monster. I said Ted. I saw Ted too in theaters. Oh, so yeah. you're shitting on me. I know. And you saw Ted too in theaters. The yeah. last Mark Wahlberg movie I saw in theaters was The Happening. And it was one of the best comedies I've ever seen. It was supposed wow. to be a horror movie. Oh. But it was one of the most unintentionally hilarious movies I've ever seen. That's I just, funny. I just laughed loudly through the whole thing. And it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. It's and you saw it in theaters? Yeah. Everybody was laughing? Or you were laughing? Me and the friend I was with were really laughing. You I went think, with somebody? I think the, the people around us were very annoyed that we were laughing. They found it scary? I don't know if they found it scary or just stupid. Were you drinking vodka? No, no. Oh. Were you sober? Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's just a st really stupid movie in a very funny way. Oh. 
if you've never seen. And the trailers made it look amazing because the trailers were just people like walking off of buildings and attacking each other for no reason. Walking And off it's like, oh my God, this is going to be the best. And then you see the movie and it's like, oh, this is about killer plants that don't move. Okay. Just avoid them. Just don't stand next to them. It's the stupidest <laughs> fucking movie of all time. Uh-oh. I hope Mark Wahlberg doesn't hear this and come and punch him. He you should in the make face. a disaster movie about how much of a disaster that movie was. That's there should what... be He should go back in time and save himself from making the happening. So Chernobyl has a lot in common with the happening. Yeah. And then the the sequel, he should go stop Chernobyl. But yeah. stop the happening first. Mark Wahlberg traveling through time, saving people from tragedies. With his third nipple. Does he have a third nipple? Yes. Oh, wow. That's exciting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Let's get to the... Should we get to the last scene? Yeah, definitely. From this episode? And then I have a question. I forget what what scene this is. Oh, this is where Al finally, finally gets on the horn with the president. May I suggest playing that black seven off the red eight? <laughs> May I suggest you answer the phone, Hogarth? Yes. Where the fuck are they flying to? I know, they're always up in the air. The next day, they're still in the air? Oh, hello, Al. Mr. Defoe, it's him. Him who, Hogarth? It's Alf, sir. <laughs> That's not possible. We got him. Unless there's a whole nest of them. Hogarth. Yes, sir. A-L-F. I have the Alabama lunatic fringe. That's it. <laughs> Do you see if Willie can... Can they have wheelie jail? chairs on planes? Yes, you might try that... That doesn't seem practical. <laughs> just place the call. They have, like, death trace chairs. This one. Placing and tracing, sir. <laughs> Defoe here. Yo, Defoe. Remember Yo. me. Yo, Defoe. How about putting the chief on? Uh, I'm sorry. He's indisposed. You mean he's in the bathroom again? <laughs> That's classified. What do you want now? Listen, no offense, but uh, last time we talked, things got all messed up. I'll call back when he's out. No, uh, no. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Bad Reagan impression coming right up. Everyone had one in the 80s. It sounds to me like Johnny yes, Carson. Yeah, kind of. Sorry to bother you in there. But we have this little situation. I, I wonder if you also could talk so to someone classy. while we yeah. trace his call. Bathroom phones? Yes. Oh, yeah. On the so phone. Class. Here's where you, they Line two. confirmed that they, like everyone else, thought Reagan was an idiot. Line two, sir. <laughs> one more. Count from the left. There you go. Glad we don't let stupid people be president Listen, now. Listen, I know you're right? a busy guy, so I'll make this brief. Willie Tanner's in jail, and I think it's my fault. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, he's innocent. Really? He didn't call you, I did. Oh, goodness, this, this sounds pretty complicated. Yeah, but it shouldn't have <laughs> that been. That sounds like Johnny see, Carson. all yeah. I wanted to do was talk to you about your bombs. Oh, now look, you're not going to bring up the Bonzo films again. I was under contract. <laughs> Bedtime for Bonzos. <laughs> no, 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 not those bombs. The nuclear ones. We've only got one planet. So why don't you and the Rusky ease up a little, will ya? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sure we'll do everything we can. Hope I haven't oversimplified the problem. Oh, hold on. They did? Goody, thank you. Uh, Mr. Alf, we're sending someone around right now to follow up on this thing. You just sit tight, okay? Hooray. You too. Love Patty's book. <laughs> <laughs> so they're obviously coming to arrest somebody, as even the six-year-old kid points out, that they're not coming to talk, they're coming to arrest someone. And they do, but it all works out. Well, because Alf throws a six-year-old boy under the bus... Well, yeah, he just asks, asks the boy to put his uh, freedom on the line by lying to the FBI yeah, and making the mom an accomplice also. I really don't think... Like, they're like, oh, well, we can't arrest a child. I think they would have. Yeah, maybe. I think they would have at least brought him in and, like, he would have gotten some punishment. You, I mean, he called the president on the plane. And was no one like, hey, do the voice quick. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, the one you made, you, you used on the phone call? Because now you sound like this. Yeah. But before you sounded like this. Before you, know, you sounded like an alien. Yeah, he can do it. I can't really do it. But <laughs> This is my alien voice. My alien voice. 
Oh, I can. Oh, I can do it. Can I? Everyone can do Alf. Alf. I'm Alf. Alien. Let My planet. Use, let me use the phone, Willie. <laughs> oh, um, what a grumpy ass alien he was. Yeah. So the FBI shows up. Willie is already. No, he's not in jail by the time this happens. I believe. No, he's in jail. Or is he's he was already in jail by yeah. the time this scene happened. And they showed him the phone chart. Like, what is? Yeah. This? Oh, Why yeah. They this? what? Because Willie made that phone chart. That was supposed to track when everyone was able to use the phone. And the FBI brings it to him and goes, who are all these people and why are they always on the phone? Yeah. So that's how that storyline tied back in. Finally. Who are all these people? Why are they on the phone? I'm Meshach Taylor from Mannequin. That's the whole line. Why are all of you moving like you are not mannequins? (laughs) I have a question. Yeah. So for myself and for our listeners, we always try to relate it back to today. So why is Russia dangerous today? How are we still dealing with the repercussions of the Cold War? And, you know, I think when Donald Trump says we want good relations with Vladimir Putin and Russia, you know, what's wrong with having a good relationship? There's nothing wrong with having good relations, but we break diplomatic ties with countries for a reason. And it's because they behave in a manner that the world frowns upon. Mm-hmm. And Russia is a country that does that a lot. Like they, NATO exists to keep Russia from basically conquering Europe. Yeah. And it's one thing to say, oh, we should have better relations with Russia. But when the FBI's probing the president for his ties to a foreign government, that's a huge problem. Yes. Like, there's no, at that, and I've actually seen that argument from Trump supporters recently. They've been like, well, what's so bad about if we just make nice with Russia? It's like, don't throw patriotism in my face and then ask me why is it so bad we're being friendly with Russia. Do you even understand what you're voting for? Yeah. Like, make America great again doesn't mean make America Russia. Right. You, uh, the way that, my understanding, and I am admittedly not the most educated on the subject, but that Putin is not good to his people, uh, not good to his critics. Definite, uh, definitely not. To the point where they're suspiciously being murdered. Right. It's a really scary situation there. It's it's super scary. And it's what's especially scary is how much influence Putin is wielding right now. He interfered in our elections, probably. I guess we're looking into it. Uh, He was very instrumental in the Brexit vote in the UK. He got in on that early and used his propaganda machine to kind of legitimize that movement back when people still thought it was a crazy thing that would never happen. And the guy who wants California to secede from the United States is also backed by Putin. And, and that's a thing I worry could actually happen. I feel like there are enough liberals here who are also like there, there's a version of liberal that's just as bad as conservatives. They're, they'll listen to anything. They believe there's one fucking common enemy that we must all defeat and they will listen to anything to do that. And I, I could see them marching us into seceding from the United States, which would be a terrible fucking idea. Yeah. Especially when you take into account how much influence Putin is wielding in trying to make it happen. Like, he doesn't want that to happen for good reasons. Right. Like, once states start seceding, then that's the end of the country. I would hate to see that happen. I think it's a terrible idea because if our votes don't count for the rest of the country, how can we help the people in the middle of the country? Yeah. How can we make laws for them to benefit from? It's like it just you turn your back on everybody. There's nothing patriotic or even just like decent about that. No, no. Yeah. It's it's a cowardly way out. Yeah. Like if you care that much, then fight for your country. Don't. I think so. Just leave. Right. But also like with Putin, you don't want to be friendly with him because it's just like any other unkind, selfish narcissistic person you just it'd be nice if you got along with them but if you don't they're not gonna hurt you yeah it's uh, that that's one of my worries about trump in russia is that his end game especially with all of one of their big talking points now is nato 
and how other countries aren't paying in their fair share to be a part of NATO, which is technically true, but all these countries have their arguments for it. But if we pull out of NATO, we're basically the last country stopping Russia. Like our participation in NATO is what keeps Russia in check. Basically. Does anyone want to work with us at this point? Like, I feel like Britain, the UK, like they're so annoyed. They're so dumb. well. No, not the UK. Like the Brexit is ba- like Brexit is their Donald Trump. It was a, a vote that happened and was successful based on you know fear of immigrants. Like that's why Brexit happened. Mm-hmm. So Europe isn't any more ahead of the curve than us when it comes to awful borderline fascist leaders like Mm. that's happening everywhere australia england france uh almost elected marine le pen she is a right-wing nationalist it's it's everywhere so it i i feel like those countries will work with us because they don't necessarily disagree with trump so i guess what you're saying is the lesson here is do like alf and find a new planet yeah, basically, once your planet blows up, there was after this. Ep- what's weird is this episode aired one day after the Reykjavik summit, which happened October 11th and 12th, 1986, which was us actually coming to the table with Russia and negotiating to reduce nuclear arms. And we almost agreed to eliminate all nuclear weapons during that summit, and the talks fell apart at the last minute. Mm. But then the next year, was the Washington summit. And that's what led to the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, which was signed in December of 1987. And a lot of people credit the progress made at the Reykjavik summit with that. And a lot of people credit this episode of ALF. Right, right. This episode of ALF, like they knew this episode was coming. So they're like, all right, we got to talk about it. ALF's demanding it now. Yep. So then this summit, they cut him off at the head, like they did at the 12th. And this episode comes out the 13th. So now Russia and the United States are like, ah, fuck you, Alf. We already settled it. Right. But they didn't settle it. They didn't. Got this close. But yeah, not long after this, the Cold War technically ended. You know, it with the fall of the Berlin Wall, that was pretty much the end of the Cold War and communist rule in Europe. So happily ever after, right? Yeah. And if you're interested in more entertainment regarding this you can watch an episode of golden girls called letter to gobatrov uh it's a uh, rose concerned with nuclear war writes a letter to uh mikhail mikhail gorbachev gorbachev and ronald reagan to express how she feels about it so yeah and I that's the like- episode where they they give her an award but they think it's like a kindergartner who wrote it or something oh yeah that's right that's right yeah exactly (laughs) so um if anyone's interested in checking that out uh yeah it's a great episode it's from season three episode six and as far as you know where we are now we've we're pretty much back to zero just like in 1980 we've elected a crazy president with weird feelings toward russia so when you say four minutes to midnight we're now at zero minutes we are at two and a half minutes now oh And this is the quote that's on the Doomsday Clock website, which is run by the Science and Security Board. For the last two years, the minute hand of the Doomsday Clock stayed set at three minutes before the hour, the closest it had been to midnight since the early 80s. In its two most recent annual announcements on the clock, the Science and Security Board warned, the probability of global catastrophe is very high and the actions needed to reduce the risks of disaster must be taken very soon. In 2017, we find the danger to be even greater. The need for action more urgent. It is two and a half minutes to midnight. The clock is ticking. Global danger looms. Wise public officials should act immediately, guiding humanity away from the brink. If they do not, wise citizens, such as ALF, must step forward and lead the way. It says that, such as Alf. Can you believe that? It does not say that. It does not. I added that part. But yeah, despite Alf's best efforts, we're kind of right back where we were when it comes to nuclear weapons. Because remember, Trump, Trump came into office and was like, why aren't we using nukes? Yeah. Why are we doing that? Well, because they're very dangerous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think Alf needs to come back and talk to Trump. Yeah, there should be an episode where he calls Trump. Yeah. They have the same hair. <laughs> they're orange. both grumpy. Yeah, they're both orange. Yeah. So yeah, 
We learned nothing from Alf, but at least he tried. He did try. I guess we got to appreciate that at the very least. But it's, uh, yeah, that episode, like everything else on this podcast, weirdly relevant still today. Well, I hope that a nuclear holocaust does not happen before our next episode. Oh, oh, yeah, not before our next episode. I'd be so sad if this was our finale. Yeah, that would that would suck. But, I mean, way to go out topical. True. True. Better than going out. People will know. die thinking, God, if that episode just came out sooner. Oh, my gosh. We could have saved the world. Are we filling the, sho- the shoes of Alf? I think so. I think so. This... I think we're the new Alf. That makes me feel so vindicated. I almost thought you were going to say vindictive for some reason. That's a weird turn, Danielle. I feel so... Vengeful right Vengeful, now. yeah. <laughs> Enraged and, and ready to kick some ass. <sighs> How depressing. Yeah. It's so depressing that we're, we're pretty much right back where we were in the 80s. Well, except even, cocaine's harder to get. Like, who? What the fuck? Right. Well, just kidding. We're in L.A. But and a lot of the Golden Girls have died. They sure have. I wore my Golden Girls shirt, you and did. it was actually it wasn't even a, a conscious thing. I just grabbed a shirt. For real? Yeah. Really? Yes. That's amazing. I know. I tried. I my, wear this shirt all the time. Though, I, this is a great fucking shirt. I put mine on yesterday, but then it like I decided to wear something else. But it was on my body yesterday. Okay. Do you have the same shirt? No. No. Oh. Um, Carrie Martin from another um, Unpops podcast actually bought it for me for Pretty my scary birthday. Bell. Carrie's great. Yeah, she bought me. It says thank you for being a friend. I have four Golden Girls shirts. No way. Yeah. What a shock. That's my life. I just have the one. All right. This was fun. Should we get out of here? Do you have any shows coming up? I do. April 5th, I will be at the Venice Underground show in Venice. That's always good times. And April 14th, Darkest Hour at West Side Comedy Theater in oh, Santa Monica. Oh, I went Monica. to see you on that. It was you so did. good. You did. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, uh... You know, that's all. Follow us on the socials and give us good ratings and reviews. This will be out Thursday. Could I ask everyone to come to my show on Friday the 31st at the Karma Lounge in Koreatown? It's called Sets Tape because they're taping. Oh, yeah. And it's really great to have a good audience when they're taping so that then I have something to submit to festivals and stuff. I might come to that show because I want to I do that show. I've I would love it. for you to come to that. I really would. I have a few other friends coming, so it would be yeah. really nice. I've seen a couple people post about it. I'd really like to do that show. Yeah. Maybe I'll come out. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's it. Just uh, stay safe. Be good. Avoid those nuclear bombs, everybody. Refill your They're um, out there flying through the air. Yeah. Stockpile your bomb shelter. Get the arcade games out of there. Get some canned meats in there instead. Get some beet juice. <laughs> Smuggle it into movies. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get out of here. Danielle, say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Whee!